What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. One week of training camp in the books. Lamar's throwing back shoulder fades. Receivers are catching passes. Odafe Owe looks like a man. And there's an actual football game coming up this week. The NFL is here. And we have a lot to talk about this week on Pod Like a Raven. Yeah, so we kind of have football this week. It is the first sort of official action in the NFL this Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. Uh, one of the worst preseason games annually. Uh, this this year, it's uh, Jacksonville against Las Vegas. So, you know, I guess we'll see some Trevor Lawrence, maybe, for a series. Who knows? But it's still exciting times. We have football to talk about. We have Raven news. And then we have just the worst NFL news to get to. So we've saved that for the end of the episode that you guys don't have to get to for the first 40 or so minutes. I am Antonio Barbera. Excited to talk at least about the Ravens and what we've seen so far with a couple of practices uh, under all their belts. But first, let me bring on my two co-hosts, starting on the East Coast with Tim Horsey. Tim, Raven players, jerseys, cleats, so much promotion, promotional video out of the Ravens Twitter account. You feel a little bit of football? You, you feel it coming around the corner here? I did until today, Monday, as we record. Um, and we will obviously get to that later. But yeah, if, if, you, if you go back a week or so, when when the helmets were on and and god bless casey calvert and and the Ravens social media team just knocking it out of the park especially on twitter and you get the hype videos i think there was the one on instagram that i got sent about six times from different people being like i'm i want to run through a wall watching this and it's like leading up with all the commentary of like you know who could surprise in the afc this ravens team is gonna just destroy people this year and it's just one of those where yeah it it it, it, it makes things tingle. We'll put it that way. But then, um, yeah, there's some s- s- sobering news, obviously, that we will discuss. Uh, and if, if you don't know what that is, just wait until we get to it. Uh, but, yeah, but overall, if I'm just going – if I'm trying to be positive and just go from a Ravens point of view, yes, I am very excited. 
I felt like this year, this summer, I don't know, I'd never seen so many practice throws from different team accounts as I just sort of aimlessly scrolled through Twitter. And I thought it was me. I thought it was odd that I was noticing it more than other years. And then I realized, no, 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 it's all planned out. The NFL this season, or I should say this off season, has been all about like trying to make these camps an event, trying to extend the NFL season to be 365 days a year. I forget what they named it, but they named the Saturday like football is back Saturday or something like that. Just some stupid marketing thing. And yet I watched all those throws and I analyzed them way too much. But focus on the Ravens here. Uh, on the West Coast, Jace Evans. Jace, you feeling football or, or not quite yet? I'm feeling football. I should say, Antonio, not on the West Coast this weekend. I am coming to you live from my parents' bedroom and beautiful. Oh my goodness! I should have. I should have noticed. Oh, no. Maryland. Uh, it's nice and hot. It's uh, so humid. That's how you know August is here. Football is nearing. It might not feel like the fall, but it is slowly approaching. Um, I'm very excited. I think to your point, uh, this is our first, you know, training camp. Uh, in kind of several years that hasn't been sort of, I feel like, you know, I guess stadiums were full, but still we had all these protocols last year and stuff related to the NFL. Even though guys keep testing positive for COVID left and right <laughs> today as we record, uh, you know, the social media teams are out in full force. They're, uh, they're saving up years of plans uh, to unleash on us. And, uh, you know, for those of us who love to just consume this stuff constantly, which I think we all do, it's great. So, yeah, I've been enjoying the, the throws and the practices and the hits. and Well, not really hits at this point, but all that good stuff. The bobblehead <laughs> helmets with the extra padding that may or may not actually be detrimental <laughs> to the players in the long run. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of experiments this offseason. But for the first week of training camp, we're going to try to have some fun here. We're not going to overanalyze. It's one week of practices. But, uh impressions uh, i'll say one thing first and then we can just go around the horn and you guys can pick up uh on whatever got your attention in, in a good way or a bad way uh and i'm gonna start with something that i i guess it's good we talked about it a little bit uh, a few weeks ago when lamar jackson was quoted as saying that he was normally what 208 pounds and he had gotten up to 220 and then i like saw him next to other people and he was in an interview i think after the saturday practice uh, at M&T Bank Stadium, and he then said that he was now 230 pounds, so just another 10 was added at some point. He looks gigantic. Uh, he looks gigantic compared to what he was a year ago, compared to what he was two years ago, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, Conspiracy Antonio, starting early here, because I'm going to have a few of them as the episode goes along. I'm terrified. <laughs> I don't like it, just because I don't, I don't need him to change. You don't have to change for me, Lamar. You were fine as you were. I'm afraid that you can't add 25 pounds and have the same burst and speed and electricity that you had, and I'm afraid he's gaining weight so that he can take more hits, and then the hits are going to be a problem, and I don't like it. I'm probably wrong, but that's my first impression. The throws look great, though. So much back shoulder stuff. I'm looking forward to it this season. Well, that's why I'm not uh, concerned at this point. I guess we still haven't seen a ton of scrambling to this point, but yeah, by all accounts, the throws have been great, and, you know, I think... There, we've talked at length last episode about, you know, these people who bash Lamar, but it's not completely incorrect to say, like, it, it's not awful if he improves some of his passing stuff, uh, inconsistency on some things. 
and he's looked great at that. So I'm not going to be too worried about the weight. Uh, what I care about, uh, which we had expressed uh, fears about in the past, is that he's here. He's at training camp. He showed up early, in fact. He's participating. He is not hashtag holding in. Um, you know, he's just out and practicing. And that's really, I think, for me all I care about. Uh, the contract, you know, will get done when it gets done at Sims. But, or if it gets done. But uh, for now, he is working hard. And that's all I really care about. So... I guess I reserve the right to be, remain concerned about the weight gain if uh, he just cannot get away from anyone week one against the Jets. But for now, uh, it's uh, lower up my concerns list. Yeah, something tells me that Lamar Jackson, one of the most special athletes the National Football League has ever seen, will be fine with a little bit of weight gain. Um, I, I, you know, this is weird. Jace, we're flipping <laughs> roles with Antonio here. Where I'm, I just don't care about the weight gain at all. I like my dude looking yoked, and and hopefully, hopefully it, like you said, hopefully it doesn't take away some of the speed and elusiveness, and really, just prevents injury. Uh, in terms of weight gain, though, one thing that does concern me, uh, Ben Cleveland, buddy, uh, finally passed the conditioning test today. I think, guys, we might have overhyped Ben Cleveland, a third round pick out of Georgia. I think that. The you know we've talked about the offensive line a number of times here. Um, if you if you don't know, and I, maybe I should make it more clear, as of Monday when we record, it was one of his first days, if not his first day back at practice, because he kept failing conditioning tests because he was too busy. If you follow him on social media, like I do, because I'm a psycho, he was too busy getting married on a boat. That is a real thing that happened because he's from Georgia. Take a look at the pictures; you'll see a Georgia man doing Georgia things. Congrats to him. That's fantastic. But you're going to need to be able to fund that wedding with some NFL money and some NFL contracts later down the line, Ben. And it's looking like he might not be the answer at left guard. And that's it's an early impression. And, you know, conditioning tests don't necessarily matter, I would say. But, but it is a bit concerning. You know, from everything that you hear, all three of us could pass an NFL conditioning test. You know, maybe not with flying colors, but we could get onto the practice field at the very least. And it looks like Cleveland... Um, has not been able to do that uh, until until very recently. And, you know, for one of the positions in on the team that isn't locked down, I mean, think about it. Think number two wide receiver, uh, left guard, I'm trying to think, you know, some inside linebacker with Patrick Queen. Like, there's only a couple positions that are really uh, competitions here for the Ravens, and that it might be number one on the list. So to have – to have a setback like that already is pretty concerning. Um, and, you know, it looks like Ben Powers is the leader for the job right now. Obviously, uh, you have Tyree Phillips who could who could play that role as well. But we all kind of wanted Cleveland because of his, you know, his mythical look. <laughs> and it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. The, that's – sorry. Well, ahead, I was just going to add that, yeah, Tim nailed it. That's been my number one training camp disappointment uh, so far as well. Just because for exactly the reasons he, he said, like – this was, we wanted it to be him. He made our James Prochet uh, Award watch list, and it looks like he is he's going to not even qualify for the award based on not enough practices. So it's just, uh, it's very disappointing all around. And the point, yeah, Tim's point is is a good one, that he had, a, like, it's an opportunity. It's not just a guy who is going for a backup role. He had an opportunity to show up ready to steal or own a starting position, and instead he just sort of uh, can't really get get started. We'll see how that goes over the next few weeks. I, I mean, to give him a, a, a little bit of uh, 
credit here, a little bit of optimism. I feel like there was always there were always like veteran tackle. I feel like Bryant McKinney every year took uh, it was on the team like three years. Every year was like late to passing the conditioning test, but he was like 35 years old at the time, so it, it's a little bit different than a, a second year guy. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Ben Cleveland handles uh, Baltimore August as as they get into some more practices. I'm gonna bring something else up. That's that's fun. And it's a video that's uh, sort of been making the rounds on social media today, and it's of Kyle Hamilton, Ravens, Ravens' top 15 pick, 14 overall, being essentially roasted by Slade Bolden, undrafted free agent wide receiver out of Alabama, uh, in just a drill. And it's a drill during a practice, so I would normally just sort of yawn and move on with my life. But it's the it's the distance with which he is roasted on this drill, and it's the lack of speed against a shifty, I don't know, kind of NFL caliber playmaker. And, uh, you know, let's play fake super concerned, but I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it, and uh, I want to see more highlights of him doing better against other players because it was not a great look, and he is getting roasted on social media unfairly, but it's the one of the few things I've seen from him. So, uh... Yeah, some somebody somebody walk me back a little bit here. This is how I know uh, Antonio, unlike Jason and I, is not addicted to Twitter. Because as we record this, the Baltimore Ravens put out a 15-second video of the defense dominating today. And you know what it leads with? Kyle Hamilton breaking up a pass. Everything is fine, guys. All the reports out of camp on Monday was that Kyle Hamilton rebounded. He played very, very well in um, in run support. He deflected a pass against Isaiah Likely. He played one-on-one against the best tight end in football, Mark Andrews, and and shut him down, including deflecting another pass against Mark Andrews. So, yeah, maybe Slade Bolden, by the way, is going to be the, the James Prochet guy for every person who is too bored and is a Ravens fan on Twitter of, like, that guy, Welker, he could make the team. Julian Edelman, tiny white receiver, it's going to be sweet. Um I, so, I, I don't know. I'm not worried about the Hamilton stuff. As you can tell, I, I tend to not take the training camp things too, too seriously. I will say, credit to uh, Kyle Hamilton, who ended up getting up on social media, uh, what was this, on Sunday evening, and said, quote, yo, I'm getting fried on this app right now. So, good for him for, like, taking some perspective. Um, but, yeah, sure, it, it was a bad look, Antonio. Look, I'm not gonna I'm not going to sit here and try and downplay it completely. But then he rebounds with... What he's better at anyway, a bigger safety who's going to go up and match up against these freak tight end uh, types and these athlete types um, and and play run support and do that kind of thing. Let Marcus Williams and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and all those guys, Jalen Armour Davis maybe, uh, deal with deal with your shifty wide receivers. Let Kyle Hamilton do what he does. And that's that, that wasn't the Slade Bolden coverage. My, my only other thing to add to walk Antonio off the ledge here is uh, it is he is a rookie, you know. A, a, there's rookie jitters. And I point to a man who has been dominating training camp, another good thing for the Ravens in year two, Odafe Owe. He was, quote, terrorizing people today. Probably not a good sign for the Ravens' offensive line. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am so in on the Odafe Owe uh, double-digit sack hype train. Um and I've been very, very excited from the things I've seen, the things you read. Um, I I am very invested in, in Odafe Owe if he's good. It, you know, I only own, as a fan, a Lamar Jackson jersey. He's the only current player I actually have a jersey of. Um, I'd love to get a 99 if he, you know, pops off this year. So 
I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard the hype train, and I want may it continue. <laughs> how many years? I'm trying to do the math on how many years it's been since we had a double digit. Oh. Yeah, oh. Player. Oh, no. Double digit sack player. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Well, you guys, you guys talk for the next. Yeah. It's got to be Judon, thirty minutes right? while I, I go I, and find <laughs> the double digit sack guy. I think it's Matthew no, Judon. Yeah. What a world. Right. What a world that would be, Jace, for a guy with even with the seventeenth game. I don't care <laughs> <laughs> to be able to get the quarterback on the ground yeah. with the ball. It, we need it. We need it in spades. And so having one guy do it uh, <laughs> would be fantastic. Uh, I'll flip to the offensive side. I'll. I'll Make a mention another name that has gotten some positive, uh, some rave reviews, and that's Rashad Bateman. That's wide receiver one for the Ravens. Uh, looks good in these little stupid clips that we all watch over and over again. Looks good according to reporters. Looks good according to players, the coaches, all of this. We're ready. Look, it's a double-digit sack se- season for OA. It's a 1,000-yard receiving season for Bateman. That's right. Not Mark Andrews, but Rashad Bateman. Let's do it. Anybody... Anybody else that you guys have seen? Travis Jones on the defensive line, the, the rookie uh, third-round pick, I believe. He's made, um, gotten some positive, some positive reviews. Any other things that you guys have taken away from this, from this first week, players or, you know, news point-wise? So, oh, I just found it. I'm currently scrolling through the last time the Ravens had a 10-multiple-sack uh, leader. Do you want to guess who it was? Do you want to guess who it was and the year? Could we do this? I just I, – I, I, there's your hint. It took me that amount of time from when Antonio mentioned it to right now to find oh, no, out who it, it was. Is it not Judon? Of course it's not oh, Judon. That guy's a bum. I thought he, he I never got to he had not. He had not – he had nine and a half one year. That's the if closest thing. Uh, and then a couple of personal fouls. Oh, I've been a quarterback I, had already thrown the ball. I, actually, I, I don't know what year this was. I think it's Zadarius Smith, but I don't know what it was. He had like – I, there was one year, and again, I didn't tab them all out, but he had like eight and a half, oh. and it was not him. This is not. This is bad. If, if it's Terrell Suggs, <laughs> we're we're stopping this episode. It is 2017 Terrell Suggs with oh my 11 gosh. sacks to lead he the was team like a that 15 year. year, and he was old. He was 35 years old at that point. Remember, he came into the league at like 20. He came in super oh. young. So yeah. Oh no. God bless Terrell Suggs. Probably one of the most underappreciated Ravens of all time time even for how good he was i mean art i don't it sucks that you know in the mount rushmore of ravens he probably is five but at this point i, I mean right now i'd have him at four i'd have to do it we, we've done this before and we're not gonna you know waste your time with it again but i i i struggle to put four five six guys ahead of him uh, and the fact of the matter is just because he he was so consistent that it was almost assumed i just don't I think people are, you know, from the outside, from the outside Ravens perspective. I think Ravens fans will always appreciate what he did. But from the outside perspective, like, I, you know, does Terrell Suggs get into? I don't have. Well, I don't want to pivot us, but does Terrell Suggs get into the Hall of Fame? Like, yeah, he I was literally I about to say he better. <laughs> like, I think he better. Absolutely, I agree. But the, I, he's a guy that I actually worry about in terms of maybe not making the Hall of Fame. He's got two rings, right? He's got that random Chiefs ring. He's got the Defensive Player of the Year. I forgot about the Chiefs. He's ring. got like a hundred and. 140? 139. Sacks? Good call. Ooh, 139 sacks in his career. Seasons of 14, 12, 12, 11, 11, 10 and a half, and 10. Followed up by 9 and a half, 8, 8, 8, <laughs> 7, 6 and a half, 5, 4 and a half. And his worst season was the 2012 season. He only had two, but he only played eight games. So, yeah. Just, sorry. I, I love Terrell I think he Suggs. Should. I think he should. 
I think it gets there. When will we find out? When he's like three years away still? Four, maybe? Yeah, yeah, still like three or four years. So, yeah, there's time. There's time for that resume to look uh, <laughs> to look better and better. Um, all right, guys, before we move away from camp, any other uh, names? Well, there's players? one, and we weren't going to see him, but we should touch on it, that the Ravens have the only unsigned draft pick in the entire NFL uh in david ajabo apparently the point of contention is the guarantees on the third year which seems like a weird thing to sort of get hung up on from either side but you know i i'm not too worried about it just because like he wasn't going to play anytime soon anyway so it's not like he's missing you know super valuable experience that he needs for week one but it is weird and strange and you just kind of hope it gets resolved soon (laughs) So the only reason I'm not worried about this is I think him and his agent, and I, this is just pure speculation when I saw this story, is that they are trying to work out him getting more money because of the assumption that he was going to go in the first round before the injury, uh, you know, the unfortunate injury at the pro day. Um, and it's not really how it works because the Ravens are going to be like, well, Sorry, you're SOL. Like, this this is where you were picked. This is the amount of money. Especially in today's NFL, where there is just no sense of, um, you know, no, no rookies holding out, no crazy Sam Bradford deals, what have you. It is basically, you were picked here, you will get this amount of money. Um, I think, yeah, I, I'm not super worried about it, but it was it was weird to see that come across the timeline of, oh, yeah, all the rookies have signed except this one guy. And guess what? He plays for your favorite team. And that that just kind of was a bit of an issue. But, you know, outside of that, yeah, I, I think they'll, they'll get it resolved and it'll be fine. And weirdly, like the injury just makes this so much easier to deal with. <laughs> He's not playing anytime soon. He's not coming back anytime soon. He can't hold in as opposed to holding out because he can't really do anything right now with the team. So... You hold out. It'll be fine. Split the difference, guys. I don't know. F- figure something out. <laughs> Get him signed. Give him a second second round bonus number or something like that. Uh, and then hopefully we're going to have David Ojabo looking looking great right around Christmas time or, or, or the new year. Ready for that, for that playoff push. The last thing for the Ravens I wanted to talk about. It doesn't even have to be discussed between the three of us. It is a bit of old news, but a uh, little bit of extra Lamar slander came out uh, since we've last spoken. We talked about the athletic, uh, the ESPN ranking, uh, putting Lamar way too low. The Athletic did the same thing. Uh, they put him in Tier 2 as opposed to Tier 1, which is fine, but they had some very dumb things said by very dumb anonymous people uh, about Lamar Jackson winning a dozen MVPs and still not being a good quarterback. <laughs> so that was good. That was good to hear. Uh, again, just print it out, put it in the Put it in the locker room and, and read it every time before you go out to games. And that's all we need to talk about that. And we will we will see you this season. All right. Uh, a few things to talk about in the NFL. But first, we're going to have Jace give us some clues to this week's random Raven. So, Jace, what do you have Well, so I don't know how surprising this will be because astute listeners will note this guy's name's already come up this episode. <laughs> But uh, in the spirit of, uh, you know, training camp, I thought back to a personal fave. Uh, So here we go. Clue number one. This player spent parts of three seasons with the Ravens from 2011 to 2013. He started all 16 games and both playoff contests in 2011, but made zero starts during the 2012 regular season. However, he started all four games for the team in the 2012 playoffs, culminating in the Super Bowl 47 title. 
He ultimately re-signed with the team on a two-year deal in 2013 and started the first five games of the year, but was traded to the Dolphins in October. <laughs> Clue number four. This player's time in Baltimore was marked by consistent conditioning issues, <laughs> such as a failed 2012 conditioning test and John Harbaugh holding him out of practice uh, just because he's, quote, too heavy right now. He needs to lose weight. Final clue. When I pull up the right uh, word document. <laughs> uh, the 2013 season ended up being the last for the Miami product, who was the seventh overall pick in the 2002 NFL draft by the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. This is perfect, because I almost got... I feel like I just got fact-checked, but I survived the fact-check <laughs> yeah, by did. saying that I thought this player failed conditioning tests wow. every year. Yeah. Uh, it was in the... Fantastic. It was in the spirit of failed conditioning tests that this guy came to mind. <laughs> I was going to say, we're a not concerned. A, a bonus clue for you listeners: don't don't rewind. <laughs> Scout Scout's honor here, but this player may have been mentioned in the episode already. Uh, well, it's a fun one nonetheless. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we will answer that at the beginning of the show and also at the end of the show. Uh, let's turn now to the NFL. I have a small small thing to talk about first, and then we can get into the big story that we've been uh, circling here for the first half hour. But uh, small news. Both Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf got gigantic contract extensions with their respective teams. They are the sixth and seventh receivers to sign deals this offseason that average $24 million per year. Couldn't be the Ravens who trade away any potential receiver that they may have to pay at some point in the future. Uh, So that happened. These are both guys that were unhappy with contracts and got that unhappiness resolved just like the NBA, is the NFL now a player's league? Who knows? Uh, and another wide receiver note, Julio Jones, who we talked about in the last episode as a potential fit for the seemingly wide receiver, veteran wide receiver needing Ravens, <laughs> signed with the Tampa Bay Tom Brady's. So Julio Jones has a weapon that will probably be mediocre for portions of the season and then have a 150-yard <laughs> receiving game in the playoffs to take them to their to Tom Brady's... 87th Super Bowl or something like that. So that'll go fine, and that is a name no longer in the free agent pool if the Ravens are interested in a wide receiver, but have not heard, haven't heard much about, like, you know, bringing guys in for tryouts, looks, or anything like that. So uh, we'll see, Tylen Wallace. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's James Prochet's looking great in camp again, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, again, making great catches. Uh, the, the, only, the only quick thing I'll say, I mean, good for Debo, good for DK, you know, DK Metcalf, who knows what that Seattle team is. So he's just making money on that team and might be crap for the rest of his career. That's fine. Uh, you know, Debo is obviously an incredible weapon. We'll see We'll see if he can continue to be said weapon, as he was called by multiple people, including Ian Rappaport, when he signed his deal, because that was his whole point of, I'm not just a receiver, yada, yada. The Julio Jones thing, like, if the Ravens had signed Julio Jones, he wasn't going to work out anyway. Like, this is this is the long and short of this, ladies and gentlemen. Julio Jones would have, everybody would have been like, oh, 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 might have a resurgence here, and would have just been crap. And then he goes to a situation where he's probably the fourth receiver, probably behind Chris Godwin, who, by the way, is playing, like, is back in training camp. Mike Evans, Russell Gage, who they signed already this offseason. Julio's probably four, and that's probably the best situation for him, where Antonio said... He doesn't have to be 
a guy and he can make impact and, and not have to play all the time and could stay healthy. So it just wasn't going to happen. And, and just quickly on this too, this screams to me, excuse me, this screams to me that if the Ravens are going to sign a receiver, you don't know who it is yet because it is not somebody that is currently a free agent. It is a trade or is, is, is a camp cut that they pounce on. And I'm sure they have some ideas uh, of who they're looking at for those, but something tells me it's not the, um, the current just lengthy list of talented receivers that are still on the market. Will Fuller, any day now. With, <laughs> with that, we're going to turn now to uh, a sour subject, basically across the entire NFL uh, outside of, I guess, Cleveland. Uh, and it's the news of Deshaun Watson being suspended for six games uh, for now, I guess, dot, 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 for 2022. I'm just, I think the best way to handle this, I'm going to read three paragraphs, brief paragraphs that explain what happened, basically. I'm going to turn to my two co-hosts for their thoughts, analysis, uh, you know, upsetness, and we'll sort of go from there. But just to lay things out, you know, legally, uh, correctly, as this sort of rolled out, this is from Jake Trotter at ESPN, so well, well-researched well piece here by Jake Trotter. Cleveland Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson will serve a six-game suspension without pay, but will not be fined for violating the league's personal conduct policy following accusations of sexual misconduct. Disciplinary officer Sue L. Robinson ruled Monday. Robinson issued her ruling in a comprehensive 15-page report. She wrote that the NFL recommended Watson be suspended for the entire 2022 regular season and postseason. In relying on precedent, Robinson sought to differentiate between violent and nonviolent sexual conduct. Robinson concluded that Watson's conduct, quote, does not fall into the category of violent conduct that would require the minimum six-game suspension, which the league had established as, quote, by far the most commonly imposed discipline for domestic or gendered violence and sexual acts. So we'll stop there. Nobody likes it except for Deshaun Watson, his attorney's the Browns organization probably um, seems ridiculously short. Seems like, you know, hearing the number 20 accusers, 22 accusers, 24 accusers ended up being this sort of like vague high number, but it's 20 people. It's 22 people. It's 24 people that have made these accusations and it ends in Watson serving six games for now, missing out on very little money because of how, you know, smartly designed that contract was that they gave him where all the money is sort of backloaded so that he wouldn't lose it when he inevitably got suspended for really bad decisions and really bad acts against more than dozens of women. So it's frustrating. Uh, it's not over. You know, there, there's still some things that can be done, but for now I'll turn to my two co-hosts. I don't know which one of you wants to go first. Uh, and just your your first thoughts to this and uh, and how you see it maybe playing out over the next couple of months. It's a sick joke, um, and it still kind of feels like that. Um, it sucks that we have a, a a league where that we all love. Obviously, the only reason we're doing this, uh, you know, we'll take you behind the curtain. I think we have made a total of like ten dollars doing this for three years. Um, we do this because we love talking about the Ravens. We love talking about the National Football League to each other. And it's something that we've all have a passion for. We've all gone into sports media in some way, shape, or form because of it, um, and media in general. And the fact that the Cleveland Browns were 
took a cynical, disgusting bet that something like this was going to happen. And not only, not even just the Browns. Like, I could do the whole Browns routine here. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm not a super huge fan of them. It's not about – it's about the Atlanta Falcons. It's about the Carolina Panthers. It's about It's about 10 to 12 teams and, you know – People don't want to hear this. If we didn't have Lamar Jackson, the Ravens would probably be one of these teams too. Took a cynical bet on the punishment not fitting the crime, and they won. And again, as Antonio said, the NFL, as we as things stand, have three days to appeal from Monday. Um, I don't think they will. If, if, if you don't know, this is the first time the Ravens have – or excuse me, the National Football League has completely redone – their personal conduct policy, um, and so what what happens is, and one of these two could explain it better if, if I if I misinterpret it in any way, but it's basically an individual council rather than a, a National Football League organization. The organization Goodell being judge, jury, and executioner, they give it off to an independent person, and then he can kind of overrule that or accept it in whatever way. So this is the this is the new system of the personal conduct policy um, that that they want to do. So I was listening to a bunch of things trying to prep for this today, uh, and Robert Mays of The Athletic made a great point. As Antonio so eloquently mentioned before, the, the National Football League has been pushing for a year-long and or indefinite suspension. That's all a bunch of PR hooey. That's the only th- that, uh, cynically that they don't, they don't care, and that's the thing that is, is sickening to me uh, personally. But from a PR standpoint, they were like, hey, make sure everybody knows we want we want to crack down on this. We want to crack down on this. This is disgusting behavior, yada, yada, yada. So even if you take that at face value, fine. Face value. The National Football League wanted this. But Roger Goodell most likely cannot sit here and appeal the new process that he has just put in place. And this, rather unfortunately, is the first case that they're using. For this, for this new method of independent, um, independent study is the wrong word, but you understand what I mean. So what is he going to do? Just undercut that completely and appeal it? Obviously, we all think he should because the way all of this is tampered out, and again, and somebody will bring it up, I don't even want to talk about the Ravens being the first opponent now. Like I, The first thing I thought, and I texted the guys this morning on Monday when, when this all came down, you know, the first point, obviously, as a Ravens fan, you're like, of course, it's week seven. We called this forever. He's going to come back. But the more I think about it, the more I just don't care because I think it's all gross. You know, Tom Pelissero and, and Antonio mentioned it as well. Uh, Judge Sue Robinson saying it was nonviolent sexual conduct. That's not a real thing. All sexual violations and sexual assault in any way, shape or form is violent conduct. It. it, it it's just it's a misnomer that that makes absolutely no sense if you're sexually violating somebody that is violent as a violent act against another person whether it's not even physical maybe it's emotional it is i'm sorry and the fact that they that is the leg that they're standing on for only a six game suspension i think is is reprehensible i think that i think the browns coming out and saying and i'd have to pull the complete quote up here but Andrew Brandt, you know, pointed it out as well, a former NFL executive who does kind of some, uh, some legal stuff now. But uh, D and Jimmy Haslam, the owners of the Browns, we respect Judge Robinson's decision. Uh, this is a quote. And at the same time, empathize and understand that there have been many individuals triggered throughout this process. And we know Deshaun Watson is remorseful, who, if you listen to every piece of media 
from Deshaun Watson since he came out has not been resource, uh, remorseful in the, le- in, in the slightest. In fact, the quite opposite, saying he doesn't understand why these women are attacking him. He feels like he's the victim in all of this. And it's disgusting. And, and th- understand that there have been many individuals triggered. No, women have been sexually assaulted. A bunch of these cases have been settled because these women just frankly have been going through this for two years and kind of want some light at the end of the tunnel. And they don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And I completely understand that. But then to comp- then to disregard what they have gone through by giving him only six games. I, I don't I don't want to take up all the airspace. And I, I just the more I thought about this and we had to cover it. Obviously, it's the big story. The more I'm just. I keep coming back to the same word, one, because I'm not creative, and two, because it's the only thing I can think of. I'm, I'm sick, and it's, it's, it's sad that how angry everybody is, it's almost, in a way, not surprising. I, I'm kind of there with you, Tim. Like, once, pretty much when the NFL leaked that they wanted the, the, the full year was what they were sort of shooting for, in, in my mind, that's sort of started down the road of, that got out because they don't think that's, like, what the ruling's going to be. And I think, in the end, it ends at six, like, as we kind of touched on, because, as Sue Robinson kind of cited, like, the NFL's, you know, past bungling of previous cases similar to this, where they just kind of blanket gave out six-game suspensions for everyone without really regard for, like, circumstances in a case. And, you know, there's so many cases where, the, you know, they under uh, like under suspended them like with greg hardy for instance and they're like and it just seemed like she took that number and just like that's certainly clearly what uh watson's legal team was pushing for um because the nflpa has already said they will not be appealing on his behalf Mm -hmm. um so like you said roger goodell does reserve the right for he or someone he appoints to appeal the decision i don't know if they will um as you said, it kind of defeats the entire point of the system they have set up if the very first time it's used, um, he, he destroys it entirely, basically, the ruling. So it, it's it's just awful all the way around, and six is definitely not enough games. But at the same time, I, 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 this obviously will follow Watson all year and the Browns all year, and for the rest of his career, I think. Like, I think the Browns, you know, they cynically, you make this trade and hope people forget. But now I think you have, a, a, a certainly, like, by only suspending him six games, I think it's going to keep, like, what he's been accused of top of mind week in and week out. And, like, the, you know, just not serving a proper suspension for it, uh, for his alleged actions and stuff. Um I think it's going to keep people talking about it. And so it's not good for anyone. Obviously, as we kind of mentioned, it's not a hundred percent case closed, but yeah, it's, it's just not, not enough games. And I, and yeah, I think Roger Goodell's past mishandling of um, cases similar to this kind of set up this whole thing. So the fact that he's now the person in charge of potentially making this a longer suspension, I just, I don't have a lot of faith in him doing that or executing on that idea. Yeah, not not holding my breath that somebody who has hated being really having to have like responsibilities <laughs> and make tough choices in the face of uh I don't know, crimes and things related to that. 
uh, who intentionally set up a system where he now doesn't have to make first decisions and he can just point at you know at other people and other investigative bodies and say, look, see, see how good jo- good of a job they did. Not holding my breath that he's going to suddenly say, uh, well, actually, it should be much more severe, which has never been anything that he's done, unless it's like, I don't know, weed, I guess, <laughs> as opposed to... Oh, and gambling, too. Yeah, as opposed to, again, more than 20 different people accusing a player of something. Uh, legitimately. The schedule aspect, I agree with Tim in the sense of, like, at this point, there's no need to do the, like, of course the Ravens have to play Deshaun Watson twice now, but the the aspect of the schedule that I do want to look at uh, was brought up by Warren Sharp uh, at Sharp Football on Twitter, writes, he's very sharp when it comes to football, ha 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 ha, uh, writes a lot of gambling, it's sort of famous for writing a yearly gambling guide uh, on the NFL, and he immediately noticed just how the schedule was laid out because it's very intentionally done by the NFL every season. They can place exactly which games they want when, and the shaping of this Cleveland schedule sure looks like everybody was well aware. Uh, even when, when the schedule come out, like months ago at this a month ago, two months ago, uh, very aware of how this was going to go. The first six weeks versus the next, you know, 11 uh, are basically two different schedules for the Browns. Uh, the first six games are, and I am stealing this from Warren Sharp's tweet, but those first six games are the number one easiest schedule in the NFL. Uh, they are at Panthers, which is a marketing, sort of a great marketing opportunity for the NFL anyway, um, because of Baker Mayfield. Uh, home against the Jets, home against the Steelers, at the Falcons, home against the Chargers, and then home against the Patriots. A lot of home games, a lot of bad teams. Then the second, sort of, not the second half, but the next games after that, at Ravens, against the Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl, by the way, last year, at Dolphins, at Bills versus Bucks, at Texans, against the Bengals again, Ravens again, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. I hate, I hate all of it. (laughs) Everything stinks. I have no expectations of uh the person in charge of the nfl with basic unilateral power will say actually this is not a good look for us not a good look for future punishment for this type of behavior from employees of the national football league which is what this is we are not talking about legal recourse really we are talking about punishment from your employer for things that are not appropriate or uh, you know, I just, I I get the NFL is not like everybody else's workplace, but like having a job at a company is not like a well he has to be innocent until proven guilty in a court of law no. expectation. That's not how that works. Everybody else gets fired <laughs> from their jobs and much more for this type of behavior, and he is getting what is equivalent to the slap on the wrist for an absurd number and of crimes and, 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 you know, absurd length to which those crimes went. I want to reinforce a point there, Antonio, that I think is really strong. And, and yeah, like most people, and as I mentioned at the top, I can't really do the football part of it yet. And this isn't me trying to, I, I don't know. I just, I just, it, I have no emotion towards him coming back week seven. But what I do have an issue with, as Antonio mentioned, 
and call it conspiracy, Antonio, but I'm, I'm going to hop on the train with them. It seems pretty fishy that, again, according to Warren Sharp, they have the number one easiest schedule in the NFL. They have only one game versus a team projected to have a winning record. They have only two road games in this six-game test, and their toughest road game is week one at the Panthers. That's their toughest road game they have in this six-game stretch. It's almost like it's almost like the NFL went, well, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen, but if it does come down to six, the Browns story will be great. And if the Browns are successful when Deshaun Watson comes back, as Jace mentioned earlier in this discussion, and the thing that I hate, but the thing that is going to be mentioned, and, you know, you'd like to think that in 2022 maybe it wouldn't be this case, but frankly I just don't think. This is in the in the the mind's eye of the public. This is going to go away if the Browns are 12-5 and five and, and winning the AFC North. And I think that the NFL looked at this and said, basically covered their butt and was like, look, if it is just six games – Let's front load them, and then Watson can come back, and if they're good, then it actually, you know, I think in the circles that we run and in the Twitter world and the media world, it will still be a larger conversation. But in the eyes of the NFL public as a whole, I hate I hate saying it, but I'm assuming 75% of people are going to be like, oh, man, he's been killing it for my fantasy team, rather than this guy sexually assaulted multiple 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 women and should not be playing right now all right uh boy enough of that we will see we'll probably be back in two weeks so there won't be an immediate sort of analysis at least from us when we find out in three days if uh roger goodell decides to appeal or implement his own uh punishment on top of this but it's gross and we get to hate a division rival for a 27th reason now, a 27th and 28th reason, maybe even a 29 and 30th reason. Um, and I wish them no good luck or well for the, <laughs> for the seasons to come. No. I hope that contract is a disaster. I hope taking off uh, a season and a half is detrimental to Deshaun Watson's ability to play in the NFL and be a superstar NFL player. Uh, and we'll see, I guess, uh, over the next three days what happens. Um, with any NFL appeal. All right. I would say, Antonio, just to, to put a cap on that, I hope the Cleveland Browns continue to be the Cleveland Browns. They'll figure it out, Tim. We we have we have faith in them to figure it out that way. Last thing to do is go over the random Raven. Jace, can you give us those clues? Yeah, one more so time? I think you guys are very locked in on this guy, but clue number one, this player spent parts of three seasons with the Ravens from 2011 to 2013. He started all 16 games and both playoff contests in 2011 but made zero starts during the 2012 regular season. However, he started all four games for the team in the 2012 playoffs, culminating in the Super Bowl 47 title. So number three, he ultimately re-signed with the team on a two-year deal in 2013 and started the first five games of the year, but he was put, made inactive and then eventually traded to the Dolphins in October. This player's time in Baltimore was marked by consistent conditioning issues, such as a failed conditioning test in 2012, that held him out until early August, and John Harbaugh holding him out of uh, their first training camp practice in 2013 for him being too heavy. Uh, and then our final clue, uh, the 2013 season ended up being the last for the Miami product, who was the seventh overall pick in the 2002 NFL draft by the Minnesota Vikings, and just to add on, with whom he'd spent his entire career prior to coming to the Ravens. 
Tim, you want to go for it? Sure, why not? Uh, I'll give the listener another second to rewind. Another second, another second. Bryant McKinney, <laughs> who was mentioned on this beforehand. Super Bowl winning left tackle, but yeah, uh, also always too fast. Yeah, I, I just had the one in my in my head, but I went down a rabbit hole where I typed in Bryant McKinney conditioning test and came up with multiple years uh, worth of um, stories related to him with his time with the Ravens. But as Tim said, started every, every play, every minute of the Ravens' uh, Super Bowl run in a season he somehow played zero regular season games. Well, I don't know if that's ever happened before, but certainly a, a unique legacy he leaves. Uh, he left with the Ravens, and you know, overall a great career. He had a you know twelve year career, a first round pick, top ten pick, solid player, but just had some weight issues uh, throughout his time, his later years at the league. Yeah, that's a fantastic choice, Jace. One of those. One of those great sort of small free agent acquisitions that ended up serving a, well, serving a very strong purpose at just and, the right time. Just like that receiver that the Ravens are going to get later this and, month. And it's funny, they, they signed him after he was cut by the Vikings uh, amid reports that he'd uh, reached as much as 400 pounds, which he later refuted. But, uh, you know, that was that ended up being the Ravens' gain in the end because, yeah, they got... Uh, uh, some some really good two and a half years from from Brian McKinney, despite some of the you know frustrations. All right, a final programming note here, and this is an exciting one. We are going to take again two weeks until the next episode, but when we return, the Ravens will have played football. Ravens first preseason action Thursday, August eleventh. We will be back uh, with an episode out on August sixteenth to recap that game, talk about roster decisions who's on the bubble who's in who's out we'll see if the ravens have signed anybody in the meantime and then after that we will be with you every week very likely to talk about raven preseason games and to ramp up everything about the ravens and the nfl before the 2022 season starts and we eventually crown baltimore ravens super bowl champs for tim horsey and jay Evans. i'm antonio barbera thank you so much for listening to us on pod like a raven we will see you in two weeks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.